0: The following message is from King's Cross Church in Manchester, New Hampshire. For more information, please visit us at kingscrossmanchester.com. We're going through um, this, the daily office. If you don't have one, I I really do want um, you to have one because we're going to work through it. Um, Dave, here's a big old stack of one just to hand out if you'd like. I'm going to explain what this, how this relates to our sermon, because typically what we do is we preach through a book of the Bible, and we're looking at uh, uh, passages, and so this is, I think, going to relate to what we're going to look at here. So that being said, what I want to do, and if, by the way, I, I'm aware that several people are at home online, so I'm not sure which camera where to look at, but anyhow, um, I hope that all this stuff is able to come up online um, in terms of what we're going to be looking at. Um, If not, we certainly have, um, we have several of these. If you aren't able to track with this stuff physically at home, uh, we have these all here. You'll be able to get one next week. Um, I hope they're uh, able to show up on the screen. And with that being said, what we're going to do is I'm going to read kind of where we're going to root ourselves in a scripture passage, and then we will from there kind of build out. So... Where where I'm landing us for this morning is what we've ended the last sermon with. 1 Thessalonians 5, um, 16 to 24. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good and abstain from what is evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Let's pray and ask for God's help as we work through this this morning. God, as we turn to your word, but primarily think through what your word means for us and how we pray, I pray... And ask that you would help us to be shaped by who you are, to be shaped by your goodness, your mercy, your compassion for us. And God, would we we be people who together pray and as we pray are shaped to be more like Jesus. So in his name we pray. Amen. So. What I want to point out here in First Thessalonians is this phrase um, that uh, gets used as, as a general comment when we read the Bible, especially when we read it in English, um, we, we kind of lose some of the force of what the passage has for us because we read it as Americans and when we hear you, we hear that as like you personally, Jacob Young, who, you know, whatever that this is personally directed to me, but when we come to First Thessalonians, I don't know if I have the verse up here, but First Thessalonians 5, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Now that, that phrase, pray without ceasing, is not, Dave Hamilton, you personally pray without ceasing. Because then that leads us to like, we, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this or been in Christian circles, but it can be interpreted in weird ways where um, effectively what I, I remember talking to somebody once, they are like, I was so affected by this that I learned how to mutter under my breath all the time. And I'm like, you mean like all the time? Like, yeah, grocery shopping, gas station. I'm like, that's weird, bro. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not what this verse has in view. But the force of this command is to say you need to have as A group that the the wording here is you all have a structured life of prayer for you all at all times. Now, I don't think that what Paul is saying here is you need to pray at every minute within the 24-hour day, all of those minutes need to be covered by prayer. You know, when you say, "I I ate all day, did you eat like literally all day or did you mean like... Really, like I ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and probably a little snacking in between, right? That's kind of what's in view here. It's not every exact moment, but what's in view is have a structure or a system, a way of praying so that you kind of cover all your bases, right? Pray without ceasing here is basically a command unceasing, all of you guys pray. So, with that in mind, This book that we have in your hands right now, this came out of uh, me processing my own spiritual life last year and it's kind of like, how can I be growing and trying to, um, not primarily growing, but more of finding stability, I guess you might say. And this came out of, I don't know if you guys remember, Aaron Sanford, who was a part of our church. He moved to Cincinnati. I mean, who who moves to Ohio? But he did, you know. (laughs) Um, I guess there's good people there because Aaron's there, but, um, anyhow, this came out of me and him kind of talking through, uh, um, gaining stability in our spiritual lives, but it primarily for me pastorally, it came out of this idea that if somebody was a part of our church for, let's say three years, just somebody's a part, they, for whatever reason, need to find another church, my, my hunch was, I don't think that I was doing a good job of equipping people to how to pray. Or if somebody became a new disciple and they wanted to learn, like, how do I become a Christian or how do I live a Christian life? There's a sense of which I'm like, here's a Bible, pray. And that's not helpful, like, in terms of equipping people with tools to use and how they live out their Christian life. And I'm thinking about that for us as well. Like, how do you pray? So this began a project I mean this is like me and Aaron's like seventh version of this we've been kind of tweaking it and working on it but what I want to present within this is basically a structure for how to approach your prayer life so that when we read first Thessalonians 5 we can say we have at least a structure or a system for praying without ceasing whatever that is intended to mean now i want to do some cautions here before we because i'm sure some people are going to feel a very kind of like, I, prayer I get, we're supposed to pray as Christians, I get that. And that's kind of like a human impulse to pray. I can appreciate the impulse to say, structured prayer, somebody else's prayer, prayers on a, on a page, feel some reticence, and it can kind of feel like you're putting some parameters on something that should be, like, we, I think when we think prayer, we think like free flowing, just kind of like, it should be spontaneous and whatever comes to mind, um, and that's certainly true, that not, what I'm saying here is that we want to provide an aspect of prayer that does provide some level of structure, but that's not to say it's everything that's to be said about prayer. So, I want, to, I want to pull up a quote out of my back pocket from, um, as you guys are aware, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's a big, I'm a big fan of his. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he, said, he would say this at virtually every wedding that he would officiate. Today, you can imagine, I don't know if you're married or not, but you can imagine a wedding day and somebody's saying this, today you are very much in love and think your love will sustain your marriage, but it can't. But your marriage can sustain your love. So what he's saying is that the structure of marriage, right? If anybody's married, like the structure of marriage, like it provides structure, but that's not the core of the relationship is the two people involved. Right, The relationship needs some structure because there's all types of things that you want within a, in a relationship. And marriage exists to provide that structure. But does your relationship exist for marriage? The goal of being in a relationship with your spouse is not check the box of marriage. Marriage exists to make sure that your relationship... Because if you've been married for more than a week, you're going to fight and you're going to want to be like, I'm done and you want to walk out, but the structure keeps you together, right? That's on the negative side of it. There's all types of other ways you can apply that, right? The structure exists to help us fulfill what we really need. So let me give a few more ideas on the structure thing, and then we're going to work through this. By the way, I just want to say I'm cool with the kid noise. Are you guys cool? We're good. This is totally, this is just the way we're going to roll. I want nobody to feel any anxiety about it, I'm I'm also going to say we will probably revisit a lot of this next Sunday for the people who are watching online, or for the people in the room, or for my sake. (laughs) So, I just, as somebody, as a parent of four, I just want to alleviate any sort of stress about this, okay? So, I guess three cautions about prayer before we kind of get into looking at this. this daily office exists as a guide to help you pray, right? Your prayer life does not exist to fulfill, check the box of this, this item, right? Which leads to a second point. A phrase that I've heard that I, I want to emphasize with this is who is this intended for and how should you feel this, the expectations are related to this? all of us may use it. Some should use it. None must use it. I want you to feel that last part, right? I am not getting up here and saying, now King's Cross, to be a member of this church and to be a faithful Christian, you must use this. And you must use this version of the Bible. And then you must, no, none of us must use this. Some of us primarily Jacob and Aaron Sanford, <laughs> should use this because it is a helpful guide to keep us praying in a way that focuses our hearts on Jesus, right? And all of us in the church may use it. That's, that's the way I want that phrase to land. The third thing I want to say is that the way of using this is it's, I'm not going to get into this this morning, but it's called a rule of life, like having a rule of how you order your life, a rule is, it, it sounds ominous, but think of rule, it comes from the Latin word rail. When you walk up and down the stairs, every time up and down, do you use the rail or do you not? Not all the time, but it's there to help you go up and help you go down, right? It should, you're going one place or another. Sometimes you're rushing down the stairs and you, you might even just kind of touch it to be like, you know, like rock climbing, like here I go, I just want to make sure I've got an anchor point. Other times you're walking up it, you're not even using it, right? This is intended to be like a rail going up and down the stairs, right? It it helps guide you, it keeps you on point. Do you need to use it? No. I mean, I've been using this for over a year. I will sometimes, when I'm not using it, I still pray in this form because it's just kind of like it's just kind of gotten in, ingrained in me. So, now with all those cautions in place, three reasons I want to put out in front of us for structured prayer. One is um, ups and downs of life. Things, life goes up and down, emotions up and down, mental health up and down, stress up and down. We need something for our prayer life that is stable. I think this provides some stability. An old rabbi once commented on uh, the form of, uh, daily, of the daily office for the Jewish tradition. He said, a day will come when you are not able to pray in your own strength. On that day, the liturgy will pray for you. Right, the reason I'm putting this in front of us is that there will be days when, I think what they're doing, by the way, sorry, I think <laughs> Valley Street here, the runoff is really dangerous down the street, so I think that's what they're doing here, just with making sure the water flow. Just a comment, what's the police car doing here? <laughs> So the point being, when our emotions are up and down, we want to have a way of praying where effectively, at some point, you're going to face a day when I just don't feel like praying, and you can still turn to this, and the daily office prays for you effectively, providing stability. Um, Just like when we eat, I don't always eat steak and potatoes, but I eat regularly, We need some type of regular system for eating, praying in a regular way. Um, And then third thing, and we'll kind of end on this note, um, we need a plan for when we're gonna pray, how we're gonna pray, right? If you've ever done any type of training for your own physical strength or school or anything like that, like there's a system of how you do things to progress forward. This is designed to be a system that helps us move forward, all right? By the way, if you have questions, you can just raise your hand in this context. I, I will have my phone out, <laughs> and I will look at those. Any questions before we move? I, what I want to do now is I kind of want to say, here's the main idea, and then we're going to just kind of go through the, the morning office, the, the morning prayer time, so uh, basically section by section. But before we do that, anybody, thoughts, questions, concerns? Anything? Alright, when we did spiritual gifts, we had some, we, we had a lot of cool back and forth. I realize this is a little less exciting, but uh, we can still do that, you know. So just to say, if you have questions, we'll pause through this uh, one by one. Alright, so the daily office, I think I have the main point, yeah. The daily office shapes us into people who are daily pray, who daily pray ourselves into God's story. That's kind of how I want to pitch this. So, if you have this, I want to pick up here, I will, here's my plan. I will circle back next week and probably cover some of the similar material, but cover a little bit more of like uh, terms, some other structure things. What I want to do this morning is I just want to get, I just want to get us right in. So we're just going to pick up here, if you have this in front of you, um, we're on page 13 we're gonna get right into the, daily, the morning office. Like just the, we're gonna go through that and I just wanna work through that because I, I wanna equip you to do this tomorrow. And then next Sunday we can kind of circle back and explain what's a collect, why is, it, why is it called this, what's, you know, all that stuff. We can kind of do that I'll cover some of the history related to this if you wanna know that. But I just wanna, I, I wanna get right into it to kind of say here's what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna break this, the morning office into two sections. The first part of the morning office is God's big story. And these are the seven parts of it. And then we're going to cover the second part of the morning office is God's big story with you or with us. And we'll cover, there's seven sections under that. So the first part here, right, the big, God's big story, is, this is the prayers we're going to work through. Preparing, uh, praying for the spirit of prayer, quieting our soul before God, confessing our sins, praising the creator, learning from God's word, celebrating the faithfulness of God and affirming the faith. Now, if that sounds daunting, I just want you to know, if you read through this straight, you will read through this straight in 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. My goal with this was that 15 to 30 minutes, you can pray through this, it shapes you. Now, There's a shorter version in here as well that we can cover as well that's like five minutes done. And that, I can, I'll explain that next week. But the morning office, I'm thinking, if you've got 30 minutes to spend time with God, You should, I get, I will, like, get lost. I don't mean, like, mystically lost in God. Like, what are the groceries I need to get? That sort of stuff. I'll get lost in doing this, and it takes me 30 minutes. Bible readings, all that stuff. So just to kind of say, like, this is intended to help keep you efficient with your time, I guess. All right, so let's look at the first prepare for the spirit of prayer. I want to just, I'm, I'm going to read these off, and we're going to talk about them. So, God's big story, preparing as we pray, praying the spirit of prayer. O almighty God, you who pour out on all who desire it, the spirit of grace and supplication. Deliver us when we draw near to you from coldness of heart and wanderings of mind, that with steadfast thoughts and kindly kindled affections, we may worship you in spirit and in truth through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When I read this, what I do want, I want to hear your feedback. What comes to mind? Like, what strikes you as the, this is how we're starting our time with God. Just imagine yourself in the morning, maybe by some miracle, the children have not woken up if you have kids, right? (laughs) Some of us, some of us live in, in hopes of that miracle. You have time in the morning. What strikes you about this prayer?
1: I love that it says from coldness of heart, because so often I find that um, I'm not warm to him. Like, and there's so many things going on that I can be distracted. So coldness of heart and wanderings of mind. Like, he can deliver us from that. Like, he can bring us to him. So I appreciate that it names that.
0: Yeah. Does anybody notice we start our prayer by asking for God's help to pray? Like. I think this just kind of acknowledges like, God, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm saying. I need your help. <laughs> like, it's just a way of saying, like, it's it's actually first foot out in the morning I'm praying. It's, I'm depending on God's mercy, right? So, um, anybody else? We'll move on to the second thing here. Second part of this morning is keeping quiet. Basically saying, I'm going to, I've asked for God's help to pray, and now I'm going to pause and give silence. I want—I just want to—I'm going to be silent now, because some of us have wandering minds, or we need some way of kind of focusing in. The prayers that are provided here are just kind of what's what's called breath prayers. Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus, Son of God, just to kind of help us kind of be aware of God's presence with us, but silent now. Again, I want to ask. This is how we're starting. Is this any thoughts on what this, how this shapes our prayer life by starting in this way?
1: I think it does. Kind. It fo- it focuses, quiet quiets our spirit to kind of hear hear from God. I think. Yeah. Um. Wait, whoop, is that the question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just um. Before just kind of, like, rolling over, grabbing your Bible and being like, okay, God help, or just kind of, like, muttering off a prayer or it just kind of sets you in a space that's, you know, opening up your mind and saying, okay, God, um, just kind of giving him that space.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, just preparing your focus in your mind to hear from God rather than, yeah, just kind of, like.
0: Jumping into this stuff,
1: or just like, yeah. oh, okay, what? Here's the verse I have, or here, you know. And yeah. we all have like best intent intentions, and like you said, we can be like distracted or half-heartedly praying, but it just kind of is like, I'm gonna prepare my mind to hear from God. All right, God. Yeah. You know, maybe even like letting Him lead in more, like.
0: Yeah. Making
1: yourself fully <laughs> Sorry. available. In the morning,
0: like then... I'm half asleep. I I have no thoughts going through my brain, except for like coffee, just like quiet children. And you know what I mean? So having this kind of like God just like speak through me and give me the words to pray and help me to, that's pretty helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I feel like it it sets the intention. Like he said, it's not just like kind of rolling over, which, you know, I mean, Seeking God, you know, obviously you won't be like, and you need to do A, B, and C but it's like a way to like mm-hmm. I feel like be more intentional and kind of yeah, be more intentional and focused to like really like receive and hear and yeah. re- receive and hear from God.
0: I feel like the structure of it <clears throat> makes you more likely to get to um, underlying heart issues or um, praying in a way that's gonna bring you closer to God, to to sort of further sanctification, rather than, it's so easy to sit down and just pray for the thing that's happening right now. Like, I didn't handle this situation well yesterday and it's bothering me, or I've got this money problem happening right now. It's so easy to just pray about that stuff. It's giving yourself a few minutes to sweep that stuff off the desk, leaves you with the desk. Like, what, what am I gonna actually do here? Yeah, I think, sorry, does anybody have any other thoughts from anybody on this? I think the, the, the way what this does is it sets you up to say, I need God's help to pray and God wants me to be with him. The, the silence part is not like, it's not like the next thing to do, like, okay, I gotta do my Bible reading, I check off my Bible reading, blah, blah, blah. It's more of God wants me to be with him. And that's, that's what this is acknowledging. God wants me to be with him. So, um, next part, um, again, interrupt me if I'm missing a part that you want to talk about. Um, Next part, so we go from preparing, God, I need your help to pray. God, I'm going to be quiet in front of you. To The next section is confessing, um, similar to what Nick was saying here. But the next section here is basically um, spending a short time to kind of allow your conscience or the spirit to bring up. Is there anything that I need to repent of? And then this is the prayer, and I'll give a few thoughts here. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws and left undone those things which ought to have been done and done those things which ought not to have been done. And we have no health in us apart from your grace. But you, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those Who confess their faults, restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Amen. So, the structure of what's going on here is to say, we want to meet with God, we ask for God's help to meet with God, we pause to give space to meet with God. And like every pattern in the Bible, when somebody meets with God, they realize God is holy, I'm not, there's a difference here. So you you see this all over the Bible. People meet with God, they confess their sins. And the God of the Bible is constantly insisting Repentance is good for you, primarily because I am merciful. That, that's the picture here, right? The picture here is not morbid introspection. You've got to come up with everything you've possibly done to, to offend God. That's not the goal here. But repentance is something that keeps us spiritually healthy. And that's what, we're, we're starting out by saying, we meet with God, we realize God's holy and different, but he's also gracious and, and good and he loves to forgive people. So we just ask. God, I, did you notice here, that the phrase that sticks out to me in this prayer that I just find, find so helpful is, and this is one that Aaron and I kind of wrestled with, because we, Aaron, by the way, Aaron and I, when we're putting this together, we're working with peop- with editions that are in open copyright, so we're not violating copyright law by publishing this under Aaron's name, <laughs> with my, you know, help in it. It's the phrase here, at the very bottom of that, of that first column, and we have no health in us apart from your grace. Because it acknowledges we want spiritual health. We want health in us, and God, not only do we have things that are going well in our life that are just purely God's grace, we need things that we, need, we should repent of. I yelled at my kids, I got angry with my wife, I did this or that. Not like, like a dog like sticking your, its nose in its poop. <laughs> sort of thing, but just kind of like, you know, this, this is who I am. I struggle with these things. I need to confess them because I need health. I need to be healthy, spiritually healthy. That's the goal here. So I'm not sure what tradition you're coming from, but the goal, the focus of this passage is to, or this prayer is to say we want to be spiritually healthy. We remain spiritually healthy to the extent that we continue to repent and acknowledge. So any thoughts on this before we move on? Cynthia, is anything on your mind? No? <laughs> when I get the attentive look, I just want to make, is any, any, so. All right, I'm gonna move on, we're good, all right. I'm, I'm trusting in the vote of affirmation from everybody here. Just a simple nod, we're gonna move on, okay. So the next one is praising the creator. So. I want you to, here's the structure of what's going on. We've asked to meet with God, we've met with God, we've confessed who we are, and then we just praise God for who he is. This prayer, I, for the sake of our time and our children, I'm just going to skip over the prayer, but we can. I want you to read this on your own time. It's called the Te Deum. This is a prayer that that comes from seven, or 387 A.D. It's been prayed by Christians for 17 1600 years something in that range right this is a historic prayer that christians have always prayed and you'll notice when you read it the 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 emphasis i'm just going to kind of start kind of skipping through things because i want to keep us t- constant, uh, aware of our children the emphasis is on god's great work in history to send the prophets to give us his law to give us his con- uh, to communicate his compassion the martyrs who've died for the faith of, of, uh, of Christ. It is a huge picture of God's big story and how he has saved us. Right? That's the emphasis. This is all that God has done through history to set, help us, to, to redeem us out of our sin, under the tyranny of death, to be a part of his people. Right? The emphasis is on God's big story through this. Okay. Next as all evangelicals and Protestants, we want to know where's the Bible? Learning. Where do we where's our Bible reading plan in this? This is the part. So here let me read this prayer, and I just want to emphasize a couple things. The prayer, Blessed Lord, you caused all scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may hear them, read them, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them in such a way that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and securely grasp grasp the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, the emphasis in this prayer, you'll notice it's not primarily, I don't know what your tradition is with Bible reading, tends to be within the traditions I've come from. Bible reading is, how do you grow in your knowledge of the Bible? But the little phrase in this prayer that I find so helpful is, inwardly digest, I want to read God's Word so that I inwardly digest it. It, it, it's, it meditates. I want, to, I want to pause and reflect. I want it to, to shape me. And the focus of this prayer to help us set up our Bible time is that we would embrace and surely grasp the goodness of Jesus, effectively, is what it's saying. Right? The Bible exists so that not so that you can pass some Bible knowledge quiz, like that's not that's great to learn that stuff. But what we're doing here is we're engaging with God. So the Bible reading plan that's provided here, again, I can speak to this next week um, if you want. It's a its a standard, just kind of Bible in a year plan. Um, there is also in the back a plan for reading the Psalms in a month. Um, I can, again, I'll explain that next week if you'd like. But the, the plan is basically just to provide you as a guideline for what you wanna do. I, you can do any sort of Bible. There's no prescribed reading plan that you have to do. It's just saying, here's two options, helpful, useful. All right. The next prayer is celebrating the faithfulness of God. Are we, are you guys, are doing cool? We're good. Uh, okay. We're gonna keep moving forward. I want to keep kind of. I'm. I realize I'm taking time. It's probably. I want to keep us moving, all right? Celebrating the faithfulness of God. This comes from the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, where um, they are, uh, Zechariah is prophesying over, um, sorry, Zechariah is prophesying over John the Baptist. There's a lot of Johns in the Bible. Prophesying over John the Baptist. And again, he's commenting on the, praying through the faithfulness of God through the prophets, through John, in the life of Jesus, and what God's going to do. Again, this is a, God's big story. What I want to do here, actually, let me just kind of finish by, by commenting on the, this whole first section, because at the end, it ends with the Apostles' Creed. The purpose of this, and, structure, and how it shapes our souls, is to say, we are constantly being bombarded. Our own narratives, Facebook, news, with big stories of the world going on, and this wants to, the, the the way this is shaped is to say we want our souls to be shaped by God's big story of how He is saving the world. Because if you turn on the news, it's everything about the election, Ukraine and Russia. It's about this or that, this politician or that politician, the latest horrible thing that somebody's done, the latest thing that somebody's done that's boneheaded or terrible. We want our souls on a regular basis to be shaped by, what has God done for us? That's the whole purpose of this whole first section, is to work us through section by section through that. And then the second section is honestly, quite simply, God's big story isn't just out there, it's a part of our daily lives. So we pray through the, through the Lord's Prayer, and it's, it's a helpful transition, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's from God's big kingdom story, what he's done in heaven to my daily life. Give me my daily bread. That's a transition. And I think if Jesus teaches us how to pray, we should probably be doing that on a regular basis as well. So the next section here is kind of follows that through. Seeking God's mercy, I want to point out that these prayers within the seeking God's mercy section, when you think of what does it mean to ask for God's mercy? We think, tend to think of it personally. But these prayers, show your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in the world and all that you have made. The final, one of the final ones, I uh, let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. There's a shape to these, ask, these requests for prayer or for mercy that is broad within our community. You'll notice that the advance of the gospel prayer, you know what's fascinating here, let me just read this for us. Lord, God, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard way of the cross that everyone might come within the, the reach of your saving embrace. What this does is as we turn to say, God, you want to work through us, it roots God's, God's mission to seek and save the lost, to bring more people to himself, that other people would experience his kindness in the work of Jesus, in the shape of what Jesus did on the cross, which means mission is not something that we offer to God or we kind of like initiate and God kind of approves. It's something that God does and we join. There's a daily prayer. There's a section here on turning your heart towards beauty. This is a section that Aaron was critical in shaping I'll just say that and, he, and then um, let me just kind of finish this out. There is a section here where we write out our prayers of like who are we praying for personally I want to encourage you't if you use this don't skip over the uh, offer gratitude for at least three things and then the final section of the, of the morning is just general gratitude for what God's doing so The shape of this together leads us into God's story. Here's who he is, what he's like, what he's all about. Here's how it engages my life personally. It helps us to kind of hit the main kind of fundamentals, you might say, of healthy spirituality. Like, I am confessing my sin, but I'm primarily seeing and embracing the mercy of God for me in Jesus. I want to have an imagination, that's the beauty section, that's shaped by the good things that God's doing in the world. I want God to work in my life so I have a list of prayers. Let me just end by this. I would love to hear your thoughts, but this is kind of my closing thought on this. The function of what's going on here is that we want to have a training plan for our souls to grow and knowing Jesus. I think what this offers you is a way for us to do this in a way that it's joining. This is nothing new to us. Other thousands, millions of Christians around the world daily pray through this. This is just our version of it. So we are joining the voices of all God's people in a way that prays with them, that's shaped by who God is, and I think helps us have a spiritual life that continued to, to move forward in mercy. Everything that we've just done, this just, we've just covered, is the morning office. That's what his question was. That entire thing you did is the first. Yeah, that's the whole structure. Everything to do for the morning. There is a shorter version of that. That's called morning short office or whatever. It's basically an abbreviated version. There's no there's no Bible reading plan. It's just uh, here's a verse. Meditate on this. It's very simple. I can explain that more next week.
1: So, in, in the introduction, it talks a little bit about some of the physical aspect, like standing, kneeling, yeah.
0: making a sign on the cross. Like, could you speak to the benefit of that? And, like, so, because, yeah, obviously, some of right. us may have backgrounds where that is. Yeah, I'll speak to that some more next week. Okay, cool. I, I will say the purpose of that is just to, to use our bodies to acknowledge some of the the dynamics of what's going on. So, when we, like, for example, profess the faith, like, you know we all kind of stand and say the pledge of allegiance like it's that kind of thing like it we're going to stand because this is important we want to give it honor or we're confessing sin we want to our bodies take the shape of confessing sin like that type of thing i personally because I, of my ankle condition i don't usually do that it's just very hard to be that sort of maneuver i don't want you to think like those things are required especially for either handicapped or elderly so thank you